Welcome, everybody in the world, to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue-green orb that we call Planet Earth. I'm your dad, Michael Dupree. Welcome back, guys. It is the last episode of the year. (laughs) 2020. December 30th is the day, and uh, New Year's is the game. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for 20. I think 2020 is going to be my year. Oh. Although I think 2019 was, it's going to be tough to beat. It was a good year. Uh, but 2020, I think it's going to be even more rock and even more roll. Uh, <laughs> and I can't wait for it. Uh, if you've never listened to Michael Dupree Friday, I'll put that in another trick. If you've never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before, it is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, nope, directors, writers, uh, improvisers, and any other art form that you could possibly think of. And it is also the world's only mandatory podcast. So welcome back, everybody in the world. That's a lot. I got shorter than intro. <laughs> <laughs> is that written down or is he no, just? No, yeah. he's got no notes. I've just said it uh, so many times that it's just in my head forever, and it's the same every week. So you're welcome, world. Props. Yeah, you're welcome, world. Props. <laughs> Gotta set those expectations. We have an excellent show for you guys today. Very different type of Michael the Pre Variety Hour. Uh, so if you guys are followers of the Planet Ant Podcast Network, which you very much should be, because when I, when we first started this thing, it was barren. It was like uh, my mom. And <laughs> no. My mom's not barren. Uh, it, it's, we had nobody. We had, there was, it was like me and like, I don't even remember who we had when we first started. They dropped out, right? <laughs> yeah, it was fumbling around with Andy Reid, uh, <laughs> uh, which was a long time ago. But yeah, there's. I think I'm the only remaining initial Planet Ant podcast. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. Uh, but now we have a freaking, uh, what do you call it? Lethora. Lot. Surplus. <laughs> we have a surplus of podcasts yeah. uh, that you should listen to. A couple weeks ago, we had Detroit Strange on. There's Homophilia. There's Sandwich Talk. Oh, there's the Ride Along podcast. Oh, God, there's so much. And today we have yet another fantastic podcast. Honestly, my favorite podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> they are uh, Tom Steinman, Heather Sanau. Did I say your last name right? Oh, my right? God, yeah. I did it? Yes. Oh, man, Great I didn't job. know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Sid now. I don't know, no. I don't know why I know <laughs> you. I don't know why I know how to say your last name right. I've already forgot. <laughs> but I do, I guess. What is it? <laughs> Uh, so now, so now, I, it's Silent J. Uh, Des Walker and Jennifer Horn. You pronounced my right correctly. Good. Okay. <laughs> Same. And, okay. I'm four for four. Awesome. <laughs> the Wait, e is Tom, silent. Tom was like, "Good with your name." You're great. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, so yes, and they are the cast of the uh, political satire, political pundit satire show, Kumquat Corner. 
Yep. Welcome, yeah. guys. Thank ah, you for thank having you. us. Oh, man. I feel out of breath already. Someone else takes <laughs> it's over. <a> mouthful. <laughs> uh, so welcome. Uh, so what, let's go around the table uh, and let's say what your New Year's resolution is. Uh, so, Tom, start with you. What is your New Year's oh, resolution man. for 2020? Uh, Kim just asked you this. So I guess I'm a little prepared, actually. Oh, so. hell yeah. Uh, I said... I, on the, on the moment, but I said 180 pounds. I want to get down to 180. I don't really? know if I've ever really been down to 180, wow. like, since maybe eighth grade or what something. What are you at now? Uh, probably, up. like, 190 or something yeah, like I'm that. pretty close. You, you but, can cut that weight with water. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, I know, but I've never... It's Stop been drinking weight. water. Thanks, guys. It's so easy. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no I'm joking. Uh, but I used to be, like, 200, like, 60, 70 pounds uh, yeah. for a while there. Yeah. I've yo-yoed a lot, but this has been the longest I've been, like, consistently... Uh, this, you know, try to be healthy and stuff, but yeah, uh, 180 is my goal, I guess. And then, um, after that, I don't know if I have anything else. Come back to me, maybe. No, that was a good one. That's a good resolution. Mm -hmm. All right. Mine, uh, yeah, I've, I, I remember last year or uh, when the, when the travel band went to, uh, the Grand Rapids Improv Festival and you told me how you lost all that weight and I was just like. What did you do, man? How did you do it? And you're like, you know what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, like, you're like, you trait. just gotta do it. Yeah. You're like, it's like you've been asked that question a million yeah. times, <laughs> and you're like, you've got to. You didn't even say. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I know what I can do. <laughs> well, it's different for everybody, like what their you know poison is or whatever and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know if it's cereal, like Des over here or something <laughs> like put that. Directly at All cereals. Uh, but uh, you know, like you know what you shouldn't be eating and stuff. Like mine was pop. I I drink a lot of mm. liquid calories for no reason with sugar in it and stuff like yeah. that. Um, because I didn't care for like chips or like some people are like, chips eaters and stuff like that. I see a lot of kids eating tons of chips and stuff like that. But so mine was pop and then just eating like just overeating. Yeah. And I blame this on my mom because mm-hmm. uh, when calling I was calling you out, mom. I'm calling you out, mom. You're probably not listening. So if this gets <laughs> well, back no, to you, it's a mandatory maybe. podcast. So yeah. She is listening. Uh, but as a baby, I guess, like, I would cry if she couldn't feed me enough. So then my grandma would step in, and I was getting, like, fed, like, two spoons at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't cry. It's like, let me cry a little bit. But now, I, like, I just want to, like, eat alone. Don't watch me eat because I just, like, it's don't so even good. chew it. Just swallow. <laughs> oh, man. Next yeah. up at the table, we have Heather Sanal. What's your New Year's resolution? Oh, um, I think I have three. Uh, so one, number one, don't be sad. <laughs> like just Aww. that's easy. I, I I would like to have yeah, a, a nice, uh, yeah, a good outcome. Just overall, uh, be a, a better feeling person, and mm. I that kind of goes into um, I I would like to work on a YouTube series that I'm kind of pitching around, that's awesome. uh, and then I also have a pilot. That I need to finish up for an animated show that I would like to pitch by the end of the year. So it's just like good goals. Yeah. 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 It's mainly like good goals and just uh, get off my ass, essentially. Mm. Get off the ass. Mm -hmm. Yes. You work a lot, though. I do. You work a lot. I do. And um, Des, what are your New Year's resolutions? Um, For the past like three, four years, I've been having like the same resolution. Uh, It's very attainable uh, to not have any resolutions. (laughs) It's like I I literally like the past like four years is just like. no changes this year. (laughs) Oh, it's just been like don't restrict myself from anything. Don't, you know, just live life and be happy. Mm. And it's worked wonders. Like it's because, you know, I like I just 
every day I wake up and it's like I just I'm living for that day because you know mm-hmm. tomorrow I can like walk across the street and get hit by a car and then I'm like oh I've been you know I've been saving up to do all these crazy things <laughs> on this day da 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 but now nah, I'm just gonna chill and like live yeah live your but life. yeah yeah but I do want I do have like a goal like similar to what Heather said um, I do have a goal to like do more you know what I mean like. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a it's resolution. Not a resolution. It's just a go, like, get off my ass, basically, yeah. to do more. Because, it's like, it's, I have a bunch of different ideas, but I just never do it because I'm like, mm. you know? Yeah. So uh, it's that. And then I, I do want to, like, by my birthday this year, I want to get in better shape. I want to, like, hey. get in, like, take your shirt off shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the dream. Yeah. Well, without dream. being embarrassing. Like, taking my shirt off at the pool. That's what I, yeah. yeah. I know what you're yeah. saying. Uh, never been there, like, really. <laughs> Let's get there together, brother. Yeah, there we go. It's useful to have a buddy. I'm, that's yeah. my dream. Like my part of my. Uh, I guess we'll get there. But Jennifer, what, <laughs> what's your resolution? <laughs> oh, goodness, yeah, I'm terrible about making resolutions, and particularly terrible about keeping them. But I do think that uh, I, I have a fitness goal, which mm. is to do yoga at least three times a week. Nice. Um, I love yoga, and I never do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I never regret it when I actually get my ass off. Yeah. yeah How and, could you? And, and do it, and like it's something you can do at home as well. Like I've got the mat. YouTube is a fantastic resource yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a drop-in studio by my work where I can. Go for like five bucks. So like, what am I doing? So that's the one. And then the other one is I need to renovate my master bathroom in my house. Mm. Um, I have a 97 year old home in Detroit, and it's a constant project. And you got to be there when it's hundred. <sighs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, so it's turning 123. So like, that's the the goal yeah. that I've set for myself to finish the whole thing, mm. which includes like an entire floor that hasn't even been touched at this point. Okay. Uh, but there's been so much progress done uh, and I, I've had fantastic help from like my friends from my girlfriend from you know, just like people in the community and uh, it's it's very satisfying once you do it but it's the doing of it yeah. that's the challenge <laughs> you know <laughs> not not something I feel like I'm would be capable of doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nor did I, I did not come to the table with these skills. I very much threw myself into a scenario that I was like, well, I gotta like dig my way out now, I suppose. And again, YouTube. Um, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. you know, you're mm-hmm. able to pretty much teach yourself whatever yep. you need Everything. to these, Good. these days. When I was a kid, projects, I would, uh, I was the, the flashlight holder. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, crying when my dad didn't like where I was holding the flashlight. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm still developing my confidence with power tools. It it's oh. it, it's a it's a process for sure. The, all the all the knowledge I have on power tools came from theater. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. crew oh, in high yeah. school for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shop crew in high school, putting sets together. Stage. That's how yep. I knew how to do it. I'm, yeah, building flats. I built so many. <laughs> how many flats have I built in my life? Right. Mm. I've realized like in my older age, like I'm getting way into power tools to where I'm excited about them not like oh I just bought a new grill and I'm like who am I yeah. like, I feel like it could be very just, exciting yeah, yeah. Oh, the just... torque on this uh, this Roble is exactly <laughs> yeah. made the name. Just you guys close the name of that power Ryobi tool, is one so that's what it is yeah <laughs> Uh, my dad's a millwright or at like U.S. Steel, so like mm. he fixes his mechanics, so he works on cars and all that stuff. And I was like the complete opposite. But one of like the few things that I like impressed him or like I, I like finally made him happy is like he came by, I like <laughs> switched like the lighting out fixtures, like did some electricity electricity work, and mm. then did some bathroom, like took down stuff, the vanity, and did put he, a new. Did he shed a tear? 
probably the closest. My dad's not one to show like too much emotion or anything, like one way or the other. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a quiet guy and stuff like that. So it was the closest I think I thought he was like proud of me. Like what a like because he's like an old like I don't know, like a man's man type of guy, yeah. kind of too. So like he thinks, you know, I don't know. Typical down river, a firm slap on the back. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, yeah. Just, yeah. wow. All right, well done. Like, yeah. That's all I needed to hear, though. So like, <laughs> I knew that meant something. So. You're a man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My resolution is to because I've already kind of started it. Well, I mean, definitely uh, in October I started losing weight and like I've been going to the gym every day nice. uh, or if I can't because it's a holiday then I just like work out at home or do it for a run or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and I'm down 18 pounds yes. Yes. that's awesome so just keep nice. going with that that's yeah. my goal and also get the show that I'm working on with my sister into like a sketch festival or something like that yeah. that's the next goal baby Baby. And start a YouTube show, and oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll just and make this podcast have more than like 150 subscribers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just a few small little goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys are all pretty uh, fantastic comedians, Aww. I would say. But you guys all, and you guys all have very different journeys uh, with comedy. Uh, I, I, I believe. Uh, so let's go around the table and say. Uh, where you kind of uh, well, where are you from first of all, and uh, what when you got kind of started with uh, uh, comedy, like what what drew drew you to it, and what your kind of experience was in, in the, your early years of it. Uh, let's start with you with you, Tom. All right. Uh, well, so like I've always enjoyed comedy. Like I've loved Saturday Night Live and just like buying the best of DVDs of Chris Farley mm-hmm. and any all all of them really. Um, so I've always loved it, but I never had the confidence to like do drama or anything like that in high school. And I was already kind of like casted as like more of like an athlete, I guess, and stuff like that, playing sports. So stupid. Uh, but like, you know, it's hard to like, I had, I, but I was friends with everybody. It would have been hard too. Cause I did play like a lot of sports and do other, like I went to a lot of, a lot of like music shows, concerts and stuff like that. But it was not till about five years ago. I had a couple of friends kind of like, Hey, let's go do, uh, some improv or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but uh, the one guy looked at one of my friends looked it up, and uh, Go Comedy came up as well reviewed. So we just the three of us took classes together. Uh, I started with Chris Fortin, if you know who that is. Yeah. So, like, he's pretty like it's it's funny to see like when I met him and stuff to see how much he's doing and stuff like he's that. Doing a lot now. Yo, he's doing yeah. so much. It, it was oh, like that. Chris from the, Fortin was in the class with you. Yeah, he started. Oh. He was my intro one class. I thought with you were me. gonna say you thought you were saying he was the teacher. No, <laughs> exactly. No, he was in my class. And then like the next week, he uh, was the teacher. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> he's like actually yeah. guys, <laughs> takes off the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I am the teacher. Uh, but it's an amazing. Imaginary shirt, you just prop work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Object work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> believed I was wearing a shirt. <laughs> uh, my friends dropped out. One of them dropped out after like intro one, and then another one dropped out for like work reasons, even though he wanted to stay with it. Just Some friends. Couldn't. And uh, I kind of just stuck with it, took the writing program there. And then I was like, I didn't like involve myself a lot though. I just took the classes. Like I didn't know the community very well because you have to like kind of go see shows and mm-hmm. do stuff to get to know people and want people to perform with you and stuff like that so it's kind of a far drive so uh i didn't do that quite often and then uh after i graduated i didn't know what i was gonna like be done with it and uh i forget i feel bad because i forget her last name her name's robin whitmore or somebody gosh i can't remember her last name Orlando. Yeah. It's different from Facebook. Her Facebook last name is not her actual last name, ah, and I always no. mix it. So it's either Whitmore or Orlando, and I can't never remember which one because I think that's I'd, the one on Facebook. Is her is, is Orlando. Orlando? So yeah. I think it is Whitmore or something like that. She's awesome because she helped me like 
teach uh, improv. I used to teach in uh, Coming House, um, uh, which was like an alternative ed program in Detroit. She came and brought a program and then eventually helped me get uh, the Detroit Creativity Project in there and stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, so uh, she was like, hey, you want to take a class with me at uh, Planet Ant? And I had no idea what Planet Ant was or anything like that. So started taking classes. And the next thing you know, uh, I, I needed a, I was not working, so I wasn't going to be able to drop classes, but they only had like five people left, so they kind of needed me to, in order to keep the classes going on. So then I started working my classes off, mm. and that kind of got me involved more into the community, got me to come. That's was, when you were like running the door. And, yeah, and running the door, that. everything, because they started expanding at that time too. So Mike, Mike, uh, what's his name? He was doing it, Michael something, and he, Babcock, not Babcock. That's like the Babish. hockey. Babish. Babish, yeah, Mike Babish. Oh, he yeah. was yeah. doing that I stuff. He stepped down, and there was another guy who like stepped down at the same time, mm-hmm. and then they were went to Ant Hall. Was it, who else was doing that at the time? Is it Andy? Uh, uh, Andy Angela was, uh, was dating him. Ah, shoot. Angela. Gosh, I'm terrible with names. Like, this is awful. Hopefully mm-hmm. none of these people are listening to me. Brad Butcher Carter? Their names. Huh? Brad Carter? No, not Brad Carter. Uh, he's friends with Brad Carter. He's got, like, a really frizzy hair, beard. Uh, oh. Gosh. Keep th- I just keep picturing Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> no, Angela dated him. Angela, okay. Anyways, uh, they both kind of like stopped doing it or stepped back doing stage managing and cashier and all that stuff at the I same snuggle? time. Nope, not Scott. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, just keep going. No, Sorry. you're good. <laughs> uh, then Ant Hall opened up at the like, same time yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then like... My the... first intro class, my very first pl- improv class was in the Ant Hall when it was completely like just like oh yeah in, like being demolished i like, remember all that renovated stuff, yeah. and all that stuff i remember seeing like darren and like who's this guy like just like, always the there and stuff like i had no idea who he was or whatever and that was before <laughs> he became director and all that stuff awesome but yeah uh just went through there and uh i'm hoping to like start expanding myself you know i've met a lot of people through just planning that and yeah. including these people a lot of times even though i did meet des first i saw des i can't remember if it was robocop the musical I'm sure we'll talk about that. Either that or uh, at Go Comedy, like one of my first All Star showdowns or something. I saw Des and I thought I've thought he's been like amazing ever since. Buddy, agreed. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Heather, what about you? How'd you? Well, first, and so Tom is from Down River. So I, uh, yeah, I know that. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was saying with that. So Heather, where are you from, and uh, how'd you get your start with comedy? Oh man, Uh, so I'm from Washington Township. Which is 28 mile between Mound and Campground. Van Dyke. It still blows my mind that they go up to that. They go that's up to that. Yeah, <laughs> Stony <laughs> Creek was my backyard, literally. Um, oh, that's such a cool metro park. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love. I love it. Uh, there used to be an entrance on 28 Mile, but they closed it, so Rude. I could like walk. Well, you can technically walk there from my house. <laughs> uh, but how I got into comedy? So I sort of did a. Uh, I, I, I mainly focused on voiceover when I was little. I used to mimic all the voices on TV and cartoons. And, like, my role models were running Stimpy. Like, oh, Billy hi. West. <laughs> I loved Billy West. Rob Paulson, Tara Strong, Maurice LaMarche. Like, those were the voices that I knew, like, the back of my hand. And I even knew their names, like, before any of, like, these Comic-Con and stuff like that. So, uh, and also Police Academy. I just love the fact yeah. that, like, you could do so much with your voice. So I constantly worked on it. And then that kind of got into comedy with, uh, I did high school theater. And I wanted to go into acting and, like, move to L.A. and actually be a legitimate actor. And then I took a, we we had, like, this, this uh, study hour at high school. And one of the uh, curriculars you could take was improv. Mm. So I took improv, 
And it was like, whose line is it anyway? And that was the only aspect of improv that I, I thought there was. Yeah. And then I went to college at Loyola in Chicago. I got a theater scholarship. And uh, I remember hearing a bunch of people laughing downstairs in Zips. I remember the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I always forget the name of this stupid little caf- cafe thing. And on this tiny stage where people performing, I was like, wow, this is really funny. This is like s- sketch comedy. And they're like, no, it's improv. I'm like, mm, <laughs> mm, yeah, right. no, I no, that's not improv. <laughs> I know what improv is. I it's, took high school uh, extracurricular. Whose like, line is it anyway? Have you ever heard of that show? <laughs> it's just a little thing. On and they're like, family. no, this is, <laughs> this is what improv actually is. I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> you just... Lie and make stuff up. I'm like, this is what I do with my family all the time. <laughs> so I literally went up to this guy, Jeff Bernards, and like stared him in the face. I was just like, how how do I get to be you? What do I do? What do I do? Mm. Like, are you having auditions? Like, when when is this? Like, how do you get to be a part of this? He's like, uh, yeah, we have auditions next week. I'm like, cool. Okay, what's mm. your email? Can I like, <laughs> sign up right away? <laughs> So I auditioned and I got on. It's and, like, whatever you yeah. want, lady. Yeah, yeah, basically. I, I'm pretty sure I scared the crap out of him. Uh, and then from that, I did college improv. My my first coach was Tim Baltz, who plays BJ on Righteous Gemstones. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and then uh, a member of my team, Tom Novak, who, oh. yeah, yeah, we've oh, been Tom. doing improv for the past, like, 14 years. Holy crap, 14 years. Um <laughs> So I met him in 2005, and he was fabulous then, as he is now. And he told me about I.O. on the CTA train going uh, back toward dormitory. I was like, what's I.O.? I'm like, I was thinking of taking Second City. That's not improv. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what these places are. I'm very, very new. And I was only like 18 or 19 at the time, which is super young to start improv. Most people start like after college. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I signed up for I.O., I signed up two months before the class. Like, I literally walked into the theater. I'm like, I want to do classes. They're like, oh, well, you can sign up later. I'm like, no, I want to pay now (laughs) and get this done away. (laughs) So then I went through I.O. for, like, two years, and then I moved back to Michigan and (laughs) got hit by a car. And then uh, I went through, like, physical therapy, and uh, that's when Second City Detroit closed down, so Mm. I just missed it. And then I found Go Comedy, and then I took a class with this guy. Oh, yeah. Improv Boot, boot camp. camp was the first time I met him. Remember we went to uh, Como's, and they didn't give us our pizza? Oh. We spent three hours waiting for a pizza after our yeah. first class. They didn't give it to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why would you wait that long? Yeah. <laughs> because we wanted wait, pizza. We wanted pizza. It was really good. And this like girl Stop. was crying who was our server. And they're like, yeah, she never put your pizza. And we're like, well, are we getting one? Yeah, yeah. We're like, all right, screw it. Uh, Three hours from a place that got closed down. Right? Yeah. yeah. They had good pizza. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why it took so long. You got there and then they closed down. And then when you right. opened back up, you're like, now here's your pizza. Yeah, they yeah. forgot to tell us that they closed down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Where's my water? <laughs> yeah. But uh, long story so- short, short. so uh, we did stuff at Go, became resident cast, uh, was in a relationship. He cheated on me for half a year. I got really sad and uh, wanted to leave the state. So then I moved yeah. to Chicago, <laughs> went through Second City. I was house co um, this past year. And then uh, once my lease was up and everything was over, I decided to move back home because I was very depressed in Chicago. And uh-huh. now I'm back here, Rescast, back on Go Comedy and uh, doing stuff at the Planet Ant. Planet Ant, yeah. Go Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prolific... Career <laughs> <laughs> continues. Uh, next up, going. we have 
Des Walker. Yeah, I was uh, I was born and raised in Detroit. Um, so it was a little different. Like, my high school was a little different from everybody else's. Like, we didn't have, mm. like, an arts program or anything like that. We had, a, like, a, a choir, but it wasn't, like, you know... Choir. It was like gospel choir, oh, like black man. gospel choir, where we take popular R and B songs and just switch the name and put God in there, no. and like you know what I mean. So, uh, but I wasn't into any of that. Take so it's getting hot in here. So take off all your robes. <laughs> I want to get my praises. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, we. Uh, I mean, after high school, like growing up, where I was, like after high school, it was like. There was no real expectations after high school. It was like you go to high school and that's it. If you're, you know, if you go to college, that's great. You know, because when I graduated, nobody in my family had, like, my mom had gone to college for like a couple of years, but like nobody else in my family, most of them had, hadn't even graduated high school. So to uh, go to college is like a huge thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I actually didn't even go to college because I didn't know what I wanted to study. Like, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because, yeah. like, I graduated high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I just joined the workforce and just was working, you yeah. know, because I'm like, I got I to gotta pay bills. I want to move out. I moved out yep. when I was like 17 and uh, just, I was just living and working. And then I, when I was 20, I went to a, um, I was working at a video store and a buddy of mine uh, got like this casting call uh, for like, you know how they do like those big open casting mm-hmm, calls mm-hmm. or whatever. It was like one of those. Um, he was like, go with me, come with me. I was like, nah, nah. And so he's like, come on. So I finally went with him. And um, first round, he got cut. I was just going, I was bullshitting, you know. <laughs> I went in and I remember they had us read a Burger King commercial. Hmm. And, uh, and I was doing, like, I was fucking around. So I did it in, like, a British accent, you know, just messing around. Oh and she goes, where are you from? I was like, from here. And she was like, but what? Oh, go sit down, you know. So I go <laughs> she was mad because yeah, you tricked her. <laughs> she was laughing about it. You thought it was you a know. real accent? Yeah, well, yeah. Nice. And, uh, oh, and, I hate uh, you. <laughs> so I was like messing around or whatever and I went and sat down and then I made the cut he didn't make the cut mm. and so he ended up leaving and I stayed I was like uh. then I made the other cut like the next cut and from like 1400 people down to I think 41 oh my gosh and I was part of that 41 and they were like so ideally we'd want you to you know some of you would group up and move to a place and you know all together in New York and mm. you know sign with you know our agency and da 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 and I just didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> and then, because, like, I was, like, I was a poor 20-year-old at the time, you know? This was so not even, like, part of on your radar or something. No, and then, yeah. well, I did. I have a, I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it was, like, rare. You know, uh-huh. like, um, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she was, like, you're not going to leave me to go become some struggling actor? Ah, you know? <laughs> That's literally That's what she said. I was, like, oh, okay, all right, so I'm not. And then, like, less than a year later, we broke up. Yeah. And then, um, I could have told you that. Called yeah, struggling. exactly. Kinda. And then, like, fast forward to, like, 2004, and I was, um, I had moved to Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at, like, the Metro Times, Real Detroit, whatever. And I looked under, like, live theater, and there was, like, a bunch of, like, theaters. And mm. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, I had never seen uh, theater, theatrical performance, theater, hadn't heard anything, <laughs> nothing wow. like that. Wow. So I, um, I emailed a bunch of them in a mass email, mind you. Uh, I put all of their emails in. Not not a separate. (laughs) All of them in the same email. It was like that scene in La La Land where she's like inviting everybody to her show. Basically, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, I sent out this mass email that was basically like, hey, I don't have any experience, but I I would like to get involved in this. Mm -hmm. If I could get an audition, da-da-da. So a couple uh, people like emailed me back. 
I think like Purple Rose was one, and then like uh, Stage Crafters was one, mm-hmm. and I think the other everybody else was like, mm, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went in uh, on Stage Crafters website, and it was um they were doing a show called Run for Your Wife. It was a British farce, like a British comedy, and I'm like, oh, I can do this. So there was only like one role that was even like remotely for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went to the audition, and I remember getting super intimidated because I, I, you know, I go, I get in there and everybody knows each other. Everybody has uh, the books, the uh, scripts, and everything, and they're, you know, they, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I didn't know anybody, so I just sat there by myself. I get up on stage, and I'm trembling, like. Like holding the paper and like yeah. some of it because of the uh, photocopy of the book, so some of the words weren't on there. And I was like, oh. the, the and the lady that was reading, I wish I remember who it was, but she was like, she the lady was reading with me, like put her hand on my shoulder as she was like reading the lines to try to calm me down. Oh. I was doing nothing because uh. I was because I was just staring at the paper. That, and then when we got done, I went off and I was like. Oh my god, that was that that sucks. So I went and sat down. I knew I was cut, mm-hmm. and I, mind you, I took a break from work, a break from work to go to this audition. Was there for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I sat there, and they made cuts. Obviously, I was cut, but I didn't. I was so embarrassed that I didn't want to get up and leave at that point. So I waited until everybody else started going up and reading again, and then I snuck out. <laughs> and then I went home, and I was all depressed and everything. And then I um, I went back on the website, and I saw that they were they had another audition coming up. It was for a musical. And I was like, I sing. Like, uh, you could do this. And it was the musical was um, um, Susco, Susco the musical. Oh, yeah. And it was like, what would happen if all of Dr. Seuss's characters, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. met? And I was like, okay. So I went and picked up the audition CD. They had audition CDs at the time, and I put it in my car. And like, just the the overture, mm. everything, like all the horns and the music. I was like, what is this? So I just fell in love with it from there. And then I got cast in the show. I got cast as the Grinch and Yertle the Turtle. Aww. So I was like, I have a name in the show, like crazy, uh, you know? Uh, so did the show and like the whole process was great. Get out on stage, lights come on. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be. So fast forward that to like 2009, I want to say. And I was doing a show called uh, um, Full Monty. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it too. I've done it twice. So I've been nice. naked on stage twice. <laughs> and uh, half naked a couple other times. But um <laughs> I remember um, there was a lady that I knew, Leslie Braden Phillips. Oh, yeah. And she was dating at the time, Chris uh-huh. D'Angelo. So she brought him to the show, and he told me after the show, he was like, hey, uh, you ever thought about, like, he was like, you have really good comedic timing. You ever thought about, like, improv? And I was like, what is improv? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'd never heard of it or anything like that. It's, oh, man, you got to come by, da, da, da. So he gave me information to go comedy. So uh, I went by go comedy, like, that next week. And watched uh, one of the shows. I think it was Hobo, I think they were doing, or something like that. And I watched that show, and I was like, wow, this is good, you know? And, like, a week later, he messaged me about joining a troupe because they were having their bits tournament. And I was like, the first oh, one, yeah. the first bits tournament. And um, I was I joined a troupe called Kickball, and it was, like, 13 of us in this troupe because it was just uh, just all the people that didn't get in troops, he just formed them into one big troop, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. and that was like my start of improv. And like, I, ever since then, I just started doing stuff at Go Comedy like every week. Joined uh, Rockomatic. Okay. Uh, well, Rockomatic Miami, we were the, the understudies. You uh-huh. were, you know. should have been a regular. Oh, we were, no, they had their regular, yeah. but you know. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was great. And like, ever since then, I've just been like, just doing it. Just doing it since yeah. then. So, Heck yeah. It's great though. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love awesome. that. And uh, last and maybe least. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. We're talking about. No. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, I grew up in Ann Arbor uh, in the 90s. So it was like the most privileged little bubble that mm. one could possibly imagine. Um, I was very much exposed to the arts. Um, I was singing forever. I did theater, children's theater, uh, YPT, Young People's Theater in mm. Ann Arbor. Um, I was part of the children's chorus for uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat when it came through Detroit with oh. Donny Osmond in 1996. Oh. I still have the jacket. That's awesome. uh, I feel like it's coming back around in terms of style now. So you yeah. might see it this winter. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I was I was a weird kid, like very awkward, like a just like very tight little nerdy group of friends, and uh, constantly in my own head, like big imagination would like play in my basement and pretend I was like camping because we had this like green shag carpeting down there. Um, and I did theater through high school. Uh, I moved my junior year from Ann Arbor to Okemos, which is east of East Lansing. Um, and it was a really good move for me because I, I, I had gone from a very tiny little elementary school and middle school to Pioneer, which is an enormous high school in Ann Arbor. Enormous. So I think it was like a class of 40 kids to a class of 800 kids like that. Um, and I was kind of a late bloomer too. I was a year young for my grade. So I was like this like skinny nothing body and like I had no idea what to do with myself. Um, but I also went to summer camp every year up at Interlochen. And oh, I did theater awesome. there for like seven years. Uh, and it was where I fucking came alive. It yeah, was yeah. it was like I felt so at home there. And my parents actually have now retired up there, oh, uh, wow. which is fantastic. So I get to go up there. Uh, I'm going for Christmas. Most summers I, I am able to, to head up there. Uh, but, yeah, I absolutely loved the stage, loved theater kids. <laughs> you know, those were my people. Uh, did choir um, and loved comedy. But I never felt like a funny kid. Mm -hmm. I always did like more classic, like I did Shakespeare or uh, musical theater or things along those lines but loved comedy but never felt like I was funny yeah. um, and then I went to Northwestern uh, and I did do a year of theater and then I chickened out. Mm -hmm. I was so intimidated by the level of talent in that class. And a lot of those kids have gone on to do really fantastic things. And I'm just so excited to like watch their careers explode. But like, I, I just wasn't ready. I, you know, again, I was 17 when I went to college and I had no confidence or like sense of self figuring out my sexuality, uh -huh. like all of this stuff. So I ended up, uh, turning a hard left into pre-med, because uh, I was a smart kid, you know, I had taken like the AP classes, calc and bio and chem and all that stuff. But I also had done a year of theater classes. So I was taking classes like food and performance, where my final exam was like me eating a tube of cookie dough in a mini skirt. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait. What? True story. What? Um, or like just like what? learning like meat based performance art from the 60s, like things like oh, that. Like uh, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, and then and then I was like, well, then I'm gonna go into multivariable calculus and physics and orgo and then French, a language I've never taken, uh -huh. and unsurprisingly, I failed that semester. <sighs> never failed at anything before. So like spiral, 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 spiral. Cut to after college, and I'm like just like doing like sales and marketing and whatever, and I end up cooking uh, professionally for about four years. And during that time, a friend of mine was taking writing classes at mm -hmm. Second City and invited me along, um, and I'm 
going to name drop too. My very first writing teacher was Ashley Nicole Black mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Full Frontal with Sam B and a Black Lady's Got mm-hmm. Show. Um, and I ended up doing the writing program there and it was revelatory. It was so much fun. Um, I'd always done like a little bit of writing, but never like specifically sketch. But yeah, obsessed with F- SNL and uh, Kids in the Hall and mm-hmm. uh, stand up as well. You know, oh, Eddie yeah. Azard was a huge, huge influence mm-hmm. oh, yeah. on me growing up. Um, and did a little bit of performing in Chicago, but I had always told myself that I could go back to acting at any point. And I think I really needed that period of time where I was living in the real world and meeting real people people as it's like I don't know if that sounds weird or something but like no. you know there's a artifice to us theater kids too and we're yeah. all kind of just like you know like in and out of characters but it was very important to me to uh, just experience uh, a little bit of of what's going on outside that community and, and I'm very glad to be back in it so I, I moved yeah. to uh, Detroit in 2015 with a husband I no longer have mm-hmm. um, and uh, bought this you know big house and was uh, <laughs> figuring that out too and uh, I met Nate Hudson mm. at Third Street Karaoke uh, oh, one um, Tuesday. And Nate and Shamar completely randomly. The I was there by myself. Improviser in Detroit. Uh, the yeah. most charming. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the one who first told me about Planet Ant. And in the midst <laughs> of my divorce, I was like, I need an outlet. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and uh, and took some took some improv classes. Uh, I was doing karaoke one night at the Ghost Light, and Sean Hanlon saw me sing, and he was like. Hey, I'm doing the Detroit musical, and I need a girl who sings. Oh, that's the worst. I could have done that show. With yeah, you. I do it, it was Daniel Jackson instead. That was the worst oh, no, no, no. Sean Hanlon impression I've ever heard. I'm sorry. You sing. You sing. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You could do that. Because I'm looking for a girl. I need a girl. I need a girl. I need a white girl specifically, and here I was. Um, and then, yeah, and uh, after that, I did Grease the Musical, uh, hosted by Never, and uh, and then I've just been doing more and more stuff and getting more musical ingrained improv. in this silly, awesome. delightful yeah. community. Uh, yes, and musical improv as well. Which the Hamtown Rats. So cool. And yeah. sketch comedy now. And sketch comedy awesome. as well. Yeah. So uh, now you let's talk about the show that we all are <laughs> here to do and talk about, Kumquat Corner. Uh, so this was this your idea to start, Tom? Yeah, so uh, when I was part of, or I still am, but Planet Ant Podcast Network, yeah. uh, I wanted to do a you show. You used to host Fumbling Around. Yeah, well, before that even, though, like, I was going to start a show. It was going to be a political-based show. And it's actually going to probably be, like, me and Kim, who's my partner. Yeah. And uh, she was going to be, like, a Tommy Laren, Tommy Laren, Tommy Laren type. Mm. And I was going to be, like, the opposite end of, like, a progressive type. And we were, like, yeah. we, we had a... A bunch of different types of ideas of what, because like I love uh, like Weekend Update. I love mm-hmm. uh, John Stewart. Uh, I love Sacha Baron Cohen. So like I knew I like I love political stuff. I love stuff that's like I mean some people might not like to hear, but like I knew something along those lines. But starting your own podcast was kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you know like we, me and her, and like even uh, Ahmed. Uh, so like I got another guy on the Planet Podcast Network. Like we were meeting, talking through Slack and stuff. Well, that uh, I also messaged Andy Reid about fumbling around, like, "Hey, you're he not... was he was ending he was not he wasn't doing recording anything. anymore." So we just you know uh, as a manager, so I reached out to see, "Hey, like, what's going on?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I want to do it anymore." And I saw it as an opportunity. Like, I love sports, as I kind of was talking about before, and I know a decent amount. And I thought it would be a good opportunity just to step in in his role and keep the show going on. 
and uh, which uh, I had Des come on, and uh, Des was one of the guests. And then me and Des, kind of, uh, I really enjoyed the episode and just kind of mm-hmm. talked to him about planning a podcast. And uh, he, I just tried to encourage him. Like, I'm like, dude, you're awesome. You should do something or whatever, right? And so we, me and him kind of like kept messaging back and forth on Facebook a little bit, Messenger, of trying to get ideas what he can do. And that kind of then eventually was like, hey, well, I have, I like political stuff. You know, like, would you like to do something interesting in that? He said yes. And uh, from that, like, uh, I wanted Kim to be involved, but she's kind of busy with her own stuff like that. So, you know, uh, she kind of, like, gave me the uh, permission, like, go ahead, move on without me. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, that was clear with her. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be like, oh, you suck. I got other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that was my very real. original idea I had yeah. that myself. Yeah, she, I love you. you yeah, she helped me kind of, you know, get to the point where I'm at now, like, without yeah. that beginning process yeah. of sitting down and meeting with me, going to the coffee shop with me and, like, setting ideas up of what I wanted uh, I might not be here at this point so me and Des kind of talked and I kind of thought like you know oh, what am I I'd be like a far left leaning progressive type and then I kind of messaged uh, part of the ant farm or farm team ant farm the farm mm-hmm. team members of like hey is anybody interested in doing some political like shows with me I'm looking for uh, somebody who might be like a, be able to do a Tommy Laren type Heather uh, intro or message first and like I could do something like that mm-hmm. and then Jen messaged in is like I could also and then a little bit later message like well she said she could do something first she said it first so give it to her and then because then I was like well what about uh because uh, at the time there was like debates going on mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that and uh, who's Mary Mary Bell Anderson so mm-hmm. it's a Marianne Williamson yeah type. yeah yeah spiritual yeah, yeah. Spiritual guru. so I was like yeah. well what about this I would like this type so basically I, we just come with like certain people that are already out there types a lot of yeah. times and maybe just try to find yeah. a balance like around like around the table so mm-hmm. if somebody's going super hard right yep. somebody needs to go super hard left yeah. or yeah. somewhere yeah. in the middle so uh, kind of these, yeah, these yeah. guys were I like I agree with both of my friends here flippity floppities yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, I still at this point didn't know what we were going to do, what the name of the show was or anything yeah. like that. And I think, did we come up with the name the day of? I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah. So eventually yeah. we all got in the same space here at the uh, on a Sunday or whatever, got everybody here. I was just planning on everybody to introduce it because I didn't know who knew who, what what people knew about politics. I knew these people were super talented, but I didn't realize how smart they were and like research they were and stuff Usually like people that. who are talented aren't smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could be talented comedically, but not maybe know what's going on in politics. Yeah, yeah. And smart and knowledgeable like are two different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge, yeah. yeah. So like, I felt like I've created like, or not, but like I found a like, a combination that's been deadly. Like it's awesome to know, have this much talent, but also knowledge and stuff. So we got together, we planned for like maybe two episodes, like two, I threw two ideas out there, whatever the first two episodes are, were the ideas that I threw out there. Yeah. And then we kind of just talked about what we were going to do, how we were going to, and then he created the name oh, John Kumquat. Out of, uh, from like uh, Don Lemon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, once you said John Kumquat, that's where we were like, okay, Kumquat something. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I forget who Come said. Come corner. Come yeah. yeah, just like hard seas. Yeah. Always yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so created, you know, Come corner was the name. And then we he just kind of created the Come, John Kumquat persona at that moment. We talked about what we were going to do. And then we were just reco- basically just talked about the episode a little bit and then recorded that first episode. I kind of thought I was going to have to like throw it away or so or not <laughs> use it because I didn't know how it was going to run. It wasn't completely like planned out yeah. it just, we yeah. just kind of did it and it's probably one of our better episodes even and it's our first one on the incubator the first one on our website and stuff like that so uh, I was amazed like if you if 
Kim could tell you about. Like when I came home, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Like I, it would <laughs> beat my expectations by anything that I couldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. So it's been an amazing process. And now uh, I, I, I don't know if I've necessarily told these guys, but I want to like take it even farther. Like I want to, I was telling you a little bit, like I want to have like real people maybe come on who mm. are really trying yeah. to talk about a subject that they're uh, interested in or want to get the public to know about. And we'll argue with them with, you know, other opposite sides just mm-hmm. to mess with them and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, more live stuff. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy this because like, in, I, I don't know. I, uh, I love political comedy kind of in a weird way and I don't take it too personal. Like it, because it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's the same shit that's been going on forever. Yeah. A lot of this stuff or whatever that people have been arguing and stuff. So uh, I think it should resonate with most people. In a way, I yeah, I love that's one. Of, I just love how it's like very. The characters are there's a lot of respect for the characters, so it's easy to like take like a Tommy Laren type character and just like want to make her seem like just like over, overly cartoony and ridiculous, kind of mm-hmm. like Tommy mm-hmm. Laren is actually. But like, you know, <laughs> like yeah, I they're arguably like, more grounded than the yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, they're more likable. So, okay, yeah. we can't be that ridiculous. Right, no, that's, that's what like, she said. They oh. are kind of more likable. Like, <laughs> yeah. like your your Marianne Williamson type character, Mary Bell. Uh, like they're they actually make me kind of like listen to these points and like uh, you know like I, I I don't agree, but like I'm kind of getting understanding that perspective a little bit more. So like when you guys are because I know you guys do a lot of research for these characters, like. Uh, for example, like uh, the universal basic income episode, like do you kind of, well, what's the research process uh, for for these? I'll uh, typically, so if it's based on a specific person like Janine Pirro or uh, Marianne Williamson, like I, I'll look up what they've said on the topic. So mm-hmm. there's usually either like a podcast they've been on or a YouTube video or, you know, their own show. Um, so yeah, for UBI, definitely there was plenty that uh, the, the judge had to say <laughs> yeah. uh, on, on that. And um, finding those uh, sort of vocal qualities that they'll get into, uh, like their like certain the way they laugh or certain phrases that they'll return to, or just like their argumentative style. Um, there's a lot of that sort of um, like debate rhetoric that these pundits will lean back onto, whether it's like a straw man argument or just like escalating or uh, just flat out like trying to undermine somebody's sense of confidence or self, just like straight up making fun of them. Um, that's really fun to play with as well. But um, yeah, I tr- and you try to understand, you know, even if it's a completely uh, antithetical to your point of view, like th- there's always going to be some logical base or, or a deep emotional base that, that that's very real and true for that character. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's actually been an interesting exercise in, in empathy, I would say. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so we uh, have a, a very exciting uh, a segment, I suppose, uh, for you guys. Uh, we actually are going to have a brand new episode of the Kumquat Corner as part of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. <gasps> what? Uh, so very excited about that. So we're going to uh, take it away. Well, first, uh, my cousin Eddie uh, has, you know, he's been gone missing, trying to find his way home, uh, but also trying to see how other people in the country know. Uh, what the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is. Uh, so we we have an, uh, another update from my cousin Eddie. Uh, and when we come back, we will have the Kumquat Corner. Uh, so stay tuned, stay beautiful, and stay hard, baby. Hi, and welcome to another Eddie's Update, brought to you by the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. I'm... Well, I'm not in Gary, Indiana anymore. I surely don't know where I'm at. 
there's a lot of trees and there's this big big pool of water that's really hot and spurting all over the place it's got on my skin and it hurt really bad it's really hot it's like keeping my hand under the the hot water faucet and then my aunt comes in and says that it's her time for the bathroom and she's gonna invite her friend chuck over yeah it's cold out here and i forgot my winter jacket on account of the last time i left the house it was september um i don't know where i'm at it looks like this guy who looks like a canadian he he might know hey sir sir do you do you happen to listen to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour? Um, I'm afraid I, I'm afraid I don't there. Well, um, uh, uh, do, can you tell me where I'm at? Uh, you're in Yellowstone National Park, son. You don't know where you're at. You, you see the geysers? Is that what that big spurting pool is? That's right. Oh, uh, oh see, my aunt always used to call this one guy. Uh, his name was, uh, his name was... Paul, she called him a geyser. What is that? I don't really understand what she meant. Uh, Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I should. Uh, how old are you? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm at least thirty. All right. Well, you're just made me depressed, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Do you have a winter jacket? It's really cold out here. Uh, yeah. Here's here's mine. <laughs> I got another one. Is this jacket made in Canada? No, it's uh, American. So, all right. Oh. Nah. Bye. Can you? Oh, he's already. He's gone. Well, I guess I'll walk around for a little bit and see the floras and the fauna. Wow, look at these sights. Oh, hey, ma'am. Oh, I noticed you're looking at birds. Um, um what's your what's your name? I'm Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Do you happen to watch or listen to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour podcast on all podcast providers? Oh, unfortunately, no. I I do I did watch the You, Me, and Dupree, though. Is that something similar? Yeah, that was my other cousin. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This one's your cousin. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. You know, I love looking at beautiful things. I love seeing beautiful, you know, imagery and nature and men. And I, I think you're a very gorgeous man. What's wow. your name? My, my name's Eddie, and no one's ever called me gorgeous before. Oh, my goodness heaven, sweet man. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how sad that makes of me. Yeah. Well, my aunt always used to call certain men gorgeous. Oh, well, looks like your aunt had a lot of fun. Oh, what does that mean? Does she, like... Uh, like I know she used to bring a lot of guys over and oh. and she used to play what she called three-dimensional chess with them. Oh but. my god, yeah, I read about that in the Wiccan Bible. It sounds like something really, really risky. Yeah, she she used to say that she'd invite her friend Carmen Sutra over, but I never oh. saw a third person. Oh, well, that honey, that's something else that it wasn't... A, honey, it sounds as though you come from a family of of believers. Believers in what? In just having fun. Well, I like having fun, but I don't know where I'm at. The, oh. the, the Canadian guy back there said I was in, in, I think he said I was in Canada, but he oh, said there no, was no. a stone. No, that's Rick. He, he's from Detroit. 
He's from Detroit? He is from Detroit. Do you think he knows how to get back there? Because that's where I'm from. Oh, unfortunately, Rick never know, never uh, learned how to drive. That's why he's the walking park ranger here at Yellowstone. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you know how to, get, how to get back to Detroit? Oh, honey, I'm from Orlando. Oh. Oh, is Orlando kind of close to, to Detroit? Well, if you, it, it depends on uh, your... Uh, your take on the world close by sure in the, in the grand aspect of the world but oh can i go back to orlando because i feel like i'd probably get better airfare from orlando oh. to to the to detroit well you'd get a lot of things better in orlando orlando doesn't have snow like detroit does and we got mickey oh. mouse do you think they know about the michael dupree variety hour in orlando oh. well you know i don't know i I guess I'll go ask him. I'm sure he wouldn't hurt, and you'd probably get a suntan, and it wouldn't be so cold there. Oh, that's weird. My aunt always used to say that she would sit on the roof and uh, ask her friend Carl to come put some sunscreen on her back. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it definitely sounds like your aunt took skin safety first. Uh-oh. Well, I think on the next episode of Eddie's Update... I'll be in Orlando. Um, I guess I'll I'll sign off. This has been Walter Concrete. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Kumquat Corner. I am your host, John Kumquat. And if you have never listened to this podcast before, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. What we do here is we bring you titillating topics each week, and then we bring on guests that are going to debate these topics. Now, we try to go right down the middle. But sometimes we have our guests that'll lean to the left or the right, but we don't try to do that this show. On this show, we try to go right down the middle. We try to keep them straight down the middle. So we have a very special episode today. Now we have four, count them, four pundits on with us today. Outside of your normal three pundits, we have four, so it's going to be a very, very great show. With us today, we have Karen Softby, who is a PTA president. Uh, Yes, hello. I've won, and I don't know what to do with the power. That's great. It's interesting she won without having children. Um, and then we have Mary Bell Anderson, who is a spiritual guru and author. Namaste, John. It's very nice to see you again. Good to see you, too. And we have Richard Sweat, who is a former South Carolina senator. I appreciate it, John. Thank you for having me back. And welcoming to the show for the very first time, we have Gorgeous Gary, who is a former talk show host sidekick. How's it going there? Thanks so much for having me on the show today. Thanks for coming to the show, Gary. Now, today's topic we have brought up is public nudity. Now, for or against this this public nudity, because if we think about it, America is the only country in the world that has such a view. Well, not the only country, but one of the few countries in the world that has uh, a view on public nudity that is a little, uh, it's frowned upon, uh, if we're being, if we're, mm-hmm. you know, being correct. It's pretty frowned upon in this country. If you go over to Europe or anywhere like that, it's you know it's kind of desensitized because this is not looked at as sexualized. Mm-hmm. But um, we we're looking to get some interesting 
um, opinions on public nudity. We're going to go first to Mary Bell Anderson. Uh, what is your you. view on public nudity? Thank you, John. I am so in favor of public nudity. You know, God granted us these vessels uh, for for us to delight in, to to share, uh, to explore. And when it comes to the public square, it really is quite unfortunate that we are so shamed, so ashamed of uh, of our own beings. And I'm so proud of uh, my, my my friends in in New York State, where we actually do have uh, some some lighter regulations on uh, public nudity. Women are allowed to be bare breasted and can go into uh, the streets and show themselves off without fear of repercussion, legal or otherwise. And I wish that we were able to share that with the rest of the country, but unfortunately, we're so locked up uh, in in our own shame. And I just want us all to embrace that light that we can share, uh, whether we are covered up or we are exposed. Hmm, interesting. All right, we're going to go to you, Karen Softby. What is your opinion on public nudity? You know, back in 67, I was visiting California, Santa Monica to be precise, and up in Malibu there was a private beach. My husband and I would go up there. Uh, It was a nudist beach. I didn't know it was nude until we got there, and then I saw a lot of bush, and uh, it wasn't George Bush, ha, 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 ha. I'm taking a comedy class. Am I doing all right? Uh, you're, you're okay. Yes. Anyhow, we saw a lot of uh, wieners and, and, and schnitzels. Ha-ha. Ha-ha, you like that one. All right. And then uh, I, I decided, well, well, why not? Why not be one of the Joneses, as they say? And I took off all my clothes, and then I became queen of the nude beach that day. There was an election? Yeah, uh, no, it was a vote. Everyone said, would you tap that? And majority of the people raised their hands and I became queen for the day. Anyhow, I think in private sectors, nudity is all right. When you go take a shower, you have to be, unless you constantly have to wear pants, then that's psychological problems right there. Uh, but in, in terms of walking around the street, I... I I don't know if you should be naked all the time. There's children around, and and besides, some some people's tallywhackers are just disgusting to look at. So, uh, if I'm getting this correct, you are for nudity on a beach and in private, but against nudity in public. Unless you're George Clooney, I think you should be naked consistently, twenty-four-seven. Okay, all right. Now, Richard Sweat. What are your opinions on this? Well, sir, I kind of partially agree with my friend uh, Karen over here, but uh, she is wrong and she is right. Uh, we have to see that. What about the children? The, the left loves touting these children out when it when it works for them. Uh, this climate change, Greta. But when it comes to nudity, I don't think it, they should be exposed to this or anybody else. What happens... Between you and your wife should happen nakedly between you and your wife. Why does the world have to see what she is holding down? That is private. Why do we call it privates then? Um, Because it's covered for the most part. And it should stay that way. You know, the Bible, Bible says cover that shit up. Word for word? 
It's not word for word. I, I'm just trying to use foul language to make a, make a point here. Well, I, the Bible, you know, in, in the the book of Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve, before shame came into the picture, was, were as naked as jaybirds. And that was, you know, paradise. And I think that we should all strive to get back to that paradigmal, uh, you know, avenue. And when you when you talk about exposing children to, to body parts, what I fear is that we are keeping children from understanding that your bodies are beautiful and that we should be able to celebrate them. Why are we making it so sh- children are ashamed of, of nudity? They, they, they come out and they're, they're, they're so, you know, I mean, after their babies, of course. I mean, babies ha- have, have no light, no soul whatsoever. But at a certain point, you, d- you do get to a, a childlike state of, of wonder and, and exuberance and we tamp that out of them. We tamp them out and we say, no, you should be ashamed. And I think it's very important that we, we try to bring that back out. I got one question. You brought up Adam and Eve. Yes. And who else was around? God. Satan. Satan. A bunch of animals, two of each kind. So there was no people to be ashamed of is my point. So you think that other people are the problem. Yes. I don't know. I feel shameful whenever I declothe in front of my five cats, three of which are named Pickles. I just had to go with it. Well, let's, let's, let's let Gorgeous Gary jump in here real quick. Gorgeous Gary. Yes. GG, for sure. You call me Gary or gorgeous. All right, gorgeous. All right. Uh, what are your opinions on public nudity? I think it depends. I think it goes back and forth. I like to think that I'm probably more pro-nudity than anti-nudity. But I think it depends. I think it really does. I think on average, the the normal person is probably acceptable enough looking when they're not wearing any clothes. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Sure. I think on the That's average true. person, I'd be fine if they took all the clothes off in front of me. Are you kidding me? But uh, it gets to a point where if uh, you see somebody, you're like, you really, you got a lot of going on there. A lot hanging down, a lot a lot sticking out of places that shouldn't be. I don't think that's something that anybody really wants to see. Uh, I think there's... Uh, there's a line that needs to be drawn. Maybe the government comes in and they do a, a sexual evaluation, perhaps, of everybody and uh, uh, give rate them on a scale from 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being not very fuckable and 10 being very fuckable. So you want a hot or not for uh, public nudity? I think I think there should be a hot or not, and I think it should be regulated by the government because I think there's a lot of objectivity. Uh, in fact, I think there should be an officer specifically... Uh, like a fashion police, if you will. Total cl- t- typical liberal over here trying to get government involvement every time. You don't need a- government involvement. There was literally a show called Hot or Not, and it starred Cato yes. Kalin as a judge. He was a judge. That boy has got a, a melted face. I don't understand. It's a brilliant show. I don't understand I why we need it. to equate nudity with sexuality. I think there's no... I think every moment in somebody's life is sexual inherently by nature. Well, then doesn't it all just come out in the wash? I don't know what you mean by that. Well, if everything is sexual, nothing is sexual. I would love to wash George Clooney. Have you seen Ocean's 10? I've seen. I would love. Have you seen his rough rippling abs I'm telling you one year he was he showed up on New Year's Rockin' Eve and I, I I wasn't paying much attention to the television and I told everyone at the party to shut the hell up I gotta watch George Clooney do whatever he was promoting some movie uh, and I'm like now see that situation somebody who could have gotten totally naked and if he'd gotten arrested for that I would have gone completely postal okay see. so if you uh, okay so say 
you do see George Clooney naked. Okay, right? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, think about it. Now, what if it's very disappointing and that ruins <laughs> your opinion of George Clooney forever? So that mm. takes a fantasy of yours away. Don't you want to leave a little bit something to the imagination or I no? think you're wildly overestimating my standards. <laughs> also, George Clooney could have an any, and I'd still want to touch the abs. Are you saying an any penis? Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Karen, I think, is into... Um, the, the the belly buttons that stick out the Audis, I guess. Oh, right? like a little fat baby. Yes, I do yes. like little fat baby belly buttons on me- on grown men. I think it's unnatural and it makes me happy. That's all I got to say. We're about all it. beautiful in our different ways. Yeah, flaws you know? are flaws are sexy. Well, and, that, and that's what worries me when you when you talk about having a, a government regulation on on who's allowed to to show off their body. I mean, a it, there's no objectivity to that at all. I think beauty is absolutely subjective. But uh, honestly, I think all of us are beautiful. Every every single human. I'd whether have to differ that. Have you ever been to a Korean spa? You see things you've never wanted to see in your life. Karen, I'm so glad you brought up a Korean spa. That's one of my, my happy places. I love going to the King Korean spa. spa. King Spa, King spa Chicago. Just outside of Chicago. I'm plugging it. King Spa, Chicago. I second that plug. Spa. Second that plug. And I implore you. Now, we, we do have gender separation in there because let's be, you know, I guess we, we're, we're still evolving. We need to be I a little bit I don't want to see hot, uh, hot dogs in the hot tub, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's the most extraordinary experience because it's women of all ages, all body shapes, all body types and you know that first 30 seconds you know everybody's blushing a little bit it's kind of like the first day of school and then a couple minutes later everyone is comfortable the nudity goes away you're just bodies existing in these pools and you're you're, you're experiencing this this sensation uh, uh, on your nice bare skin and and realizing how lovely all of these bodies are flawed or, or, or imperfect. I have seen behinds that were literally an abyss into a black hole. Yes. I don't know if all bodies are considered equal, but I know that some will suck you into an existence of pure blackness. I wanna, I wanna make a point uh, that you say everybody's beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, but and I could say that that's, that on the average, if you look around this table, I think that's probably mostly true. There's, there's very few people at this table, uh, and I am including you, Karen. Uh, that I, I have a rocking bod for ninety two. For ninety two, it's do. looking great. I'm, and I, I think of a word that I would use to define John would be, uh, I'd say, statuesque. Uh, but there is somebody else at this table who I definitely would not want to see naked, and that is our, our senator friend over here. Uh, he looks like that chair is uh, wearing him. Uh, so I, I think it's probably important that we limit the people who can uh, publicly nude. I, I I agree with that. Um, I, I assume most people probably wouldn't want to see me naked but you know i'm gonna agree with my friend over here and say i should probably love my body a little bit more dick absolutely you should i should love dick should love his body yes and And you know what it's not for them it's for you i appreciate that because i you know i i have a lot of doubts about myself one of them is something i would like to bring up because i'm i'm a bit afraid if this were to happen is that what if i have boners all the time then you should probably contact the doctor I'm saying in the commercial once. If I have boners from the women being walking around naked. See what happens. Okay, um, back to like what Mary Bell said. Uh, kind of, it's like when you go to a strip club. Have you ever been to a strip club? 
Yes. Richard? Oh, you yes. weren't asking me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dick has been to <laughs> strip club. I'm sure a lot of Dick has been to strip club. But um, what happens there is, you know, y- you you go in and you see the dancers and they're, you know, topless and everything like that. So after about 10 minutes, you actually, s- it, it becomes normalized. Mm-hmm. So you don't really notice it as much. And I think that's what happens in foreign countries uh, and like Europe, especially that it's so normalized that uh, I mean, for for instance, you probably won't see people complaining about someone breastfeeding their child over there. Whereas in America, you will because they're like, oh, that's indecent. But that child has to eat, you know, and these are just the bodies that we were given. It's on you for sexualizing that baby trying to eat. You know, it's it's just it's. It's a boob. It's a boob, all right. And I've got to tell you, that kind of brings me on to another topic. Uh, I think breastfeeding should be non-stigmatized so anybody, not even just babies, can consume breast milk straight from the source. So you can just walk over with your bowl of cereal and exactly. And I think there should be a farm, like a like a, almost like a, you go into a all you can eat buffet, and it's a bunch of nursing mothers, and they just have their breasts hanging out over the salad bar, and you can just oh I, I, this what is your flavor? And they say it's a little sour, a little chalky. Okay, uh, what about you? It's like a it's kind of like a grainy, uh, like a weasel taste. Uh, you know, weasel I, taste. I think that's important. I think it's, and I think it shouldn't be sexual at all, because boobs, uh, when they're milky, no good. The, um, I mean, I'm, I've never been pregnant, but I, I think that, um, I know that women need to release the milk uh, ever so often. Like, and I've seen, like, well, not seen, but seen, heard of some. They go and like literally, like, even if they don't breastfeed, they have to drain them and they, no, they squirt them down the sink. It's and true. I, I, I've also, I'm, I'm barren, as, as you're aware, but uh, my, my sister uh, has eight children, oh. um, and it's quite painful uh, when you, when you don't release uh, your milk ducts. That's what I hear. Yes, it's, you know, it's a biological necessity. Your, your body, uh, it's the oxytocin, I believe. It's a wonderful bond between you and your children. I have four children, including my daughter, Sophia. She calls herself Sophie, but not at my house. And uh, birthing them and then having them feed at my breast, it was a connection that only a mother-child could have, and it really embraced the mothership. And then, and then seeing my grandchildren do the same with, with my, my, my daughters and, and then seeing that carry on through the tradition and... Soon I'll be a great grandmother, and I can I can say the same thing: whip the titty out and feed the baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing, and so is our bodies. Like it, we we had to have been uh, taught the shame of our bodies. Absolutely. So we were taught this shame uh, that we aren't supposed to walk around in our skivvies, you know. But it, you know, this reminds me of a, a story about my sister, Nomi. Now, Nomi was a dancer, and she went to Las Vegas to find her dreams, and she wound up making a show there. But there was another girl there who had bigger and better titties that was getting more showtime. You know what she did? She pushed her down a flight of stairs to take her spot. Oh. She wanted it so badly, that striptease girl. And I told her, Nomi, you gotta run away, start a new life. And so she left the city because she would be found out. 
Sometimes nudity brings out the worst of us. Mm, I would argue that was Las Vegas that that really yeah. corrupted her. Yeah. You didn't say, yeah, it was Las Vegas, right? Yes, Las yeah. Vegas. Mm-hmm. She loved Versace. Versace? She called it Versace. Oh, okay. That's okay. the classier way of, of calling it. It is, it is. Yeah. Did she do anything before she was a um, was she in school dancer? Was she in school that? or anything? Yes, uh, she went to Safe by the Bell University. <laughs> she was probably really excited to go there. Yeah, oh, a, yes, except she hated, she hated this one boy named Screech. We just annoy the, the group all, all together every day. Screech, Screech. That's another one that would be a one or a two on the scale. And you would not be allowed to be naked, public, maybe not even naked privately. I, I think, think we, need to, we need to look into that as well. Pretty sure he, I've maybe seen a video of him already. Yeah, I think I've seen a video of him already, too. Your so, your daughter's friend, Screech. Yeah. Is he popular? No. Um, no, he's not popular. No, he's not. He's uh, He had a 15-minute span where he um, he was a fuck-up. Uh, and he, he, you know, he, yeah. You know who I always w- wondered what happened to him? That nice Zach Morris that she had a crush on. He is a very handsome boy, and he grew up to be an asshole, but he's also a seven, could be public. I think he's a lawyer now, is he not? Is he? Yeah. I heard he became a lawyer while well, he was going for law, but then his roommate tried to kill himself. Uh, he got free tuition from it. Oh, brother. Yeah, he dyed his hair, didn't he, around that time? Yes, it was bleach blonde. No, dark brown. Dark yeah. brown. Like, yeah, he's blonde in high black. school. Yeah, he's blonde in high school. Yeah. If I if I remember your daughter's friends act correctly, he's a popular boy. He, did, he, had, he had a, a, a he was like one of the innovators of a big cell phone, right? Like Sprint like Mobile. A, yeah, he had like a big cell phone he would keep in his pocket. Wasn't oh. he? He was also magic, if I recall correctly. He could he could stop time. Yeah, just right. I believe so. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the movie Click by Adam Sandler. <laughs> Or is it Looper? Am I thinking of Looper? Looper with Bruce Willis and that hot little twink, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This isn't a movie. This is my life. Of course. Wow. Of course. We need to hang out more. Yeah, Karen, of course this is your life. I think that public nudity, it's a sliding scale. Uh, On a scale of 10, uh, if you're number 10, the government rates you 10, you're hot. I think you need a mandatory nudity all the time. That's so, a public service. What, do you, what if you don't want? So, say if you are you are ten, but you are very, very self conscious, and you're very you've uh, abandoned your rights. You're too attractive. Yeah, you so gotta be naked. You just have to be. You naked. gotta deal There's with no... it. And on the opposite side, scale, if you're a one, I think I'm, I hit on something. Private nudity should be illegal for you. Uh, you so gotta is, figure it out. So, what would the punishment be if? For instance, a death. 10 didn't want to... Death. death. Oh. This is exactly what the left does. This is typical left government overreach. I am sick of it. We just want to put more money into this and just someone has to... Like, where does it stay? You know it's going to end up like a shit show, like this whole impeachment process has been. You know, this is a sham. The left should be sick of itself right now. In you- the words of my grandson, fuck you, Dick Swit. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this guy. Yeah, you're but going down to a zero for me, buddy. Gorgeous. Well, I, I have to say, I, I'm very nervous about this rating scale that you're proposing. And if I can be be so bold, it sounds a little fascist. Just a it is a little fascist. fascist. Nothing wrong with having a little fascist in you. Ooh. When I did the producers in 1978, I saw that the guy who played you remember him, the guy oh. who played Hitler. Yes, he was a little fascist, but he had a big 
Penis. Right That's here. what I'm going to say. Sure. He was a little fascist, but he up. had fashion. He was, Yes, he did. And he was a solid eight. And I would tell you, if he went and got naked once a day, I'd be happy. Typical. And I, I don't know what you're so complaining about, Mary Bell. You're a solid six. Thank you, you could choose when to be naked or not in my uh, world. Well, and that's the thing. I think that personal choice is, is the most important aspect of this. So determining who must be naked and who must never be naked mm-hmm. should never be the business of the government. That is every individual's right. And we should be encouraging people to, to move past this self-consciousness, this shame, uh, this puritanical BS. So I think one of your biggest... Uh, uh, one of your biggest opponents in your uh, your idea for government run hot or not in the streets is probably Lizzo because she uh. preaches to you know body positivity and like getting I mean, I mean she's great but I don't think I would want to you wouldn't want to what, John? Wow, John. How did Does, you say John, that? John, wow. no. what are you saying right I'm now? I'm just personal preference. I just of not John, close your eyes then, Lizzo's buddy. gorgeous, she gorgeous do body. Yeah, I don't say I'm not saying she shouldn't do it. I'm just saying me personally, I I don't care. John, to. I thought I knew you. Well, it's everyone has John, you just went down to an eight for me. And you were at a solid 10. I was about to tell you, if you don't take your clothes off right now, I'm going to pull out my pistol. It's somewhat of a double standard, though. You can dress seductively, but at the same time, it is somewhat inappropriate to just wear your thong out and that's all you see. Oh, no, I don't want to see Tom Arnold like that either. No. Why not? What's wrong with Tom Arnold? Is there, Am I living in a world where Tom Arnold's not hot anymore? Gorgeous. What is uh, Tom Arnold's number? In, in He's a nine. a nine. A nine? Yes. A now. Nine, a nine today? In today? the 90s, he was a seven. Oh, wow. He has aged like a fine wine. What about John Goodman? He's like a four. What? Personality, though. Personality. Attractive-wise, very good, very high numbers. I'd have to crunch him again. But uh, so personality-wise... His personality is a four, but his body is... He stood by Roseanne a little too long. That's fair. A little That's too fair. long. He would, defended her. Uh, yeah, that was loyalty. What, what would you rate for loyalty? Uh, loyalty is a solid 10. I think it should be completely transparent all the time. So he's on an average about a uh, six? Sure. Seven, oh, seven? So I'm if that's how you want to do math, get okay. a Excel spreadsheet out or so something. So you're, you're Me and John Goodman were on the equivalent female scale. Female John Goodman. Yeah. You do look that's, a lot like John Goodman. Thank you. In the spirit, in like aura sense. All right, yeah. Who would be, uh, okay, I, I know we're going to get a little bit off topic here, but I want everyone to go around and who would be their very top Ten, the, the the very the very top person, like the eleven on a scale of one to ten. Who would be your eleven? I you first, have, Richard Sweat. Yeah. Uh, when you say that, first thing that comes to mind is Jennifer Aniston. You know that lady just hasn't stopped uh, since her days on Friends. And uh, you know, if you could have people getting a haircut like you, then you know you've done something right. And you know, uh, I'll be her sugar daddy anytime. All right. Um, Karen, can we keep this uh, probably after 1984? Oh, well, uh, I would say my late husband. He was the love of my life, and I always thought that he was 11. And he always reminded me of a young Teddy Roosevelt, strapping, bully, bully, and always telling me to... Knock up my bootstraps, which meant for me to lift my feet up so he could get in further. He was a gentle and caressive man and just beautiful with a mustache. Yeah, great. All right, so uh, Mary Bell, your answer. 
Uh, well, uh, her husband's already been brought up, but I'll say Amal Clooney. Hmm. Yes, cool. brains, beauty, elegance. Ugh. All right. Gets me going. You can't disagree with that. Uh, I have two answers. Okay. One uh, would be Harvey Firestein, Mrs. Doubtfire era, anything post-duplex with Drew Barrymore and Ben Stiller is a no-go. I think he really started to lose his edge then. So Ben Stiller would be like the opposite of an 11? Uh, ben Stiller's off the scale, downwards. Oh. Down, oh. He's getting put down in, oh. my, in my government. Is it the ears? It's the ears. Oh. And it's also the talent. Um, but the other one... Number two would be Ninja, that Fortnite streamer. Oh, He's yeah. a hot little baby. He's got a lot of the hair. I love his skinny little body. I love how he doesn't like to talk to women. It's interesting. He's an interesting fella, and he's a number 10 for me. All right. That's, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, that's great. I think mine would probably be. Go ahead and say it. I'm right here. I mean, yeah. If we had a time machine, I would say um, maybe. You are a very prejudiced person. Can no, I say I was, that? No, I was going to say um, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, if we had a time machine. But if we are talking about today, uh, mm, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone who hasn't had a scandal where they her, their nude pictures have been floating around on the internet. You seem like a Natalie just... Portman guy. And you no. see, we can't shame people for for their nudes. Uh, uh, yes, you no, 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 yes, no, you no, can. No, there's no shame, but it's there a, shouldn't be. You no, there's no shame, shame but there's a um, a stigma. It's, it's it's well, you you've already seen it, so. Oh, so you require the mystery then? Yeah, well, a little bit, okay. a little bit, because of how this country is. Like it's, it's. Well, it's in you the know, air. The, the leave you know? a little bit to the imagination thing. Yeah, yeah it's, That's it's just John just outed himself him. as someone who looks at leaked nude photos. It's true, he did. Yeah. And then decides that those women are no longer attractive. Because oh no, 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 he's they're still them, them nude. No, 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 they're still attractive. But not elevens. It lo- it loses the illusion. There are very few elevens in this world. I mean, we Very just said few. four of them. So that's the, that's the illusion I'm trying to destroy. I, yeah, if I everybody don't, I don't think is the naked, Harvey is a... if if everybody again, attractive is naked, attractiveness, beauty is you know universal, but also very subjective. We all find different things beautiful. Absolutely. Except I find everything beautiful. There's an objective huh. beauty. I'm telling you. Yeah, I think I, I would I would have to go um, probably pink. Pink. Yeah, I respect her talent. She's I very talented. I mean, I'm wow, right there God. with you. I respect her talent. And Those aerials that she does, and, and her while body? she's singing, she is a strong woman who knows how to get the job done. I yeah. saw uh, an old cover of Teen Vogue uh, this week, and it was a throwback to the 2000. And on the cover was Pink. Beyonce and Vitamin C. I saw that, and the I will didn't say, know who Vitamin C was. Pink and Beyonce both look better today than they did twenty years ago. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Oh wait, are you? Are you? What? Are you judging people? No, I'm just saying that. They, I think you're judging people. Are you judging much their, like uh, Mr. Harvey Firestein, that he's they, they've they've aged and, oh. and found themselves. They, there's a confidence. There was, there was not nothing well. wrong with them back in 2000. You know what I will say? I I think that they have both been able to hook into their 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 womanhood and find a deeper confidence in themselves, and that just radiates out. I mean, I don't know if you saw Homecoming. It helps that their body matured. Too. Their body has matured. Yeah, they, they they've gotten strong. Uh, they've gotten more sure of 
themselves, found their voices, uh, and they're also not wearing crop tops anymore. I mean, I'm all about nudity, but crop tops from the year 2000. Let's w- w- we made mistakes. That was mistakes that. I, that I'll made. agree with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I, I originally I would say like body wise I would say I would want to see Serena Williams, <sighs> but she kind of looks too much like her father for me. It's a very unpopular opinion. Um, You're allowed but, to have it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we all have our opinions. That's true. Just, but body wise, she, she world class. You athlete. are really thirsty today, John. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been months. a while. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a dry spell. I've a heard uh, kids talking about being into stallions. Oh, Megan the Stallion. Uh, is that is Megan that a the, stallion. the Stallion? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a uh, she's she's she got a body. <gasps> Switch it up. All right. So there's. Uh, <laughs> John just got excited. Well, no, because uh, there was a there was a, a debate on Twitter about her and um, basically Lizzo mm-hmm. because they both are like taller women and bigger, and people don't like that apparently. But Megan The Stallion does well. She does well. People like you know they they expect certain things out of uh, you know femininity or, or masculinity and anything that's sort of within that spectrum can make people uncomfortable if if Absolutely. they've found themselves in these rigid binaries and I think it's just important for us to realize that we're all on a spectrum mm-hmm. of of spirituality of sexuality of gender um, of of political leanings as well uh, and and we're not fixed on that binary as well not 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 at all and 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 the thing is like you. You have to be comfortable with your sexuality if there's going to be something like that that happens because there's going to be men and women walking around and you can't help but compare yourself to these people that are walking around Mm -hmm. if they're nude. For instance, uh, if you caught up on the um, series The Watchmen, there was an episode where... No spoilers! um, No, no no spoilers, but there was an episode where it's full frontal and... Oh, hell yeah. A gentleman. A gentleman. Okay. Um, you got me you got me listening. Yeah. It's, um, I, he's walking away and I'm like, oh, he's new. And then you see something kind of swinging as he walks and like, wait. <laughs> You're talking and, Dick Johnson and his two twin friends. Yeah. I'll just say this. Um, <sighs> I'll say something. Okay. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, you didn't see the end of it. I'll just yeah, it just kept going. It just kept going. It just kept going. It was potentially infinite. Yeah. Oh righty, yeah. You yeah. got you got a new listener. You got a new watcher of the Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Is that on Disney Plus? No, I doubt it. I only it's have not. Disney Plus. No, no, I'm so sorry. I'm a big fan of Lizzie else. McGuire and Twitches. There were some Twitches there, <laughs> but this is uh, this is on uh, HBO. Which is, you know, it's a spectacular show. Amazon I canceled, Prime. I canceled my HBO subscription when they canceled Cat, that that cat show, she, show, the 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 cat cat house. Oh, the, oh they canceled Cat House. The, I the I, if yes. they didn't, I'm getting the it back. The brothel, the brothel yes. in Nevada. Yeah, that, oh well, the, the the owner, the guy, he died. Yes, he. Did. I know recipes that went to his funeral. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. He he would he was. He he would be for public nudity because they all would be for public nudity there because they were Amen. publicly a lot there That's in true. Reno, right? I yeah. think just outside uh, just of outside Reno. Of Reno. Outside yeah. of Reno, about twenty miles. Have you spent much time there? Oh, when my sister Nomi was out in Las Vegas, we'd visit. Was that a, a pit stop for her? Did, did she take some time at the at the cat house after she left Las Vegas? Oh, she went back to a farm and changed her whole demeanor. 
But there was a period of time where she decided to go into acting and was dating a director who was married to Goldie Hawn. <laughs> she was a first wife and she was expecting to be the second. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of nonsense came from that. And white pantsuits as well. Goldie right. Hawn would have been a solid nine. I'm just going to say it. Um, oh, would have been? Yes. It's not anymore? No. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Well, I mean... It it happens. Like people still look good, you know. For the, I well, mean, Karen, look at look at Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson looks great. Karen's not an elderly. Or, I mean, Karen is an elderly woman. I Janet am. Jackson's not an elderly woman. Janet Jackson is probably fifty five. Not elderly. Not elderly. But, Certain I mean, women, for, but by for, Hollywood or, or you yeah, know music yeah, standards. Because like what Goldie Hawn is around the same age, right? No, I think that she's, she's in her sixties, seventies, seventies. Oh yeah. Well, think oh, yeah. her daughter, Kate Hudson, would be in her forties at yes. this point. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's true. I didn't she's a seven. That. Kate Hudson, not as hot as Goldie Hawn. She looks like Drew Barrymore to me. It almost, it almost famous, maybe a little higher. That was a peak, and then she went down again. What a film! What a what film! Comic uh, So back on the topic of public nudity. So I get the feeling that. Um, most of us would be for public nudity with the exception of um, having government involvement in the public nudity. Um, but f what how it looks right now, it's, it looks like the only person that is against it fully is Richard Sweat. Karen um, is for it in private and on beaches, but not for it publicly. Well, it depends on the situation. I'll it get to it the at situation. the end. And uh, Gorgeous Gary is for it as long as the government runs it by a program where they would rate the Anyone a four and up is, can do public nudity whenever they want. A 10 has to be naked at all times. So is it a Senate issue? Is it, Would it be uh, uh, like judged on by the um, like the Senate or uh, the bureau? Supreme it's Court? A, it's a bureau. It's, it's, a, bureau. A, it's like a specific office. So more uh, government jobs? The head of it is appointed by the president. Uh, the one we have now? Whoever. You know, I can't, I, I'm not here to say who. Okay. It's it's a it's a democracy. Whoever the people think has the right state of mind to determine attractiveness. I will say Donald Trump has a very good taste in attractiveness. Oh my God. We can't I mean, disagree with it. It would just be his daughter. Yes. I think he has good taste. I think he would want for his daughter to be nude at all times. Oh, absolutely he would. Yes. I don't you, you can't knock the man for knowing that his daughter's hot. The Republican Party is very proud of having Ivanka Trump as a piece. She's a 10. She is a 10. I will agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. She's, I wouldn't say, yeah, okay. We're, yeah. I just can't look at her now and not see her father in her face. Like, Me like, neither. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it also, it Donald Trump, her. eight. And what? What? Physical attractiveness. Come on. Gorgeous. He's, like, on. A, he's like a beardless bear. Gorgeous. Come he has on. a mushroom peepee. -pee. Yes. His, his, his behind is... Flat as a pancake. Flat Frumpy. as a... Dimpled as a dumpling. Easier to access. Stormy Daniels even said the money was worth it, but at the same time, it was the grossest looking body she's ever seen. I believe her. I think it's a... She would know. I think the, the attractiveness scale is kind of like a, like, a, like a horseshoe. Yeah, it's like a mold <laughs> that you just pour pudding into. I'm liking it's, what you're saying. Yeah, I think we're we're, we're actually enforcing his, his earlier opinion with that's this. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. But, but again, to each their own. Yeah, to each their, their own. own. To each their own. I, for one, would like to see us like um, 
tone down the shame of public nudity. Absolutely. More like I feel like everyone should be their own person and we should stay out of a, you know everyone else's business. I would never make nudity mandatory, you know, that that would I, it's up to every individual to find their their place on their journey to self-acceptance. Uh but to criminalize nudity, I mean that's just outright. Yeah, I don't think we should criminalize it. And on that note, we're going to get a final word from everyone on this topic of public nudity. We're going to start over here with Richard Sweat. Your final thought on public nudity. Well, I'm just going to quote the Bible and say that uh, it shouldn't be allowed unless you are laying with your significant other, if that may be man or woman. Um, That's for another discussion, but uh, that should be it. You know, even Islam shows that uh, the women should be covered up, that they should not be going around nudity. You know, guys might be getting boners around that. And I don't know if that makes people feel comfortable. And uh, how can I hide it in my elastic? So that's just one of my concerns. Bonus are a natural thing, Dick. All right, Karen, your final thought. You know, nudity has in the past been used as a sense of power. Lady Godiva ran through the streets on her horse, naked, in political protest. We burned our bras for voting rights. And in fact, men have been declothed and shamed in public for their bodies, but it was... It it wasn't necessarily for right means. The thing is, with the human body, it's it's your own private property. That's what the privates mean. It means that you have the ability to share it with others that you want to be intimate with, or perhaps you want to use it like my sister Nomi for for success in, in the acting world. It's up to you whether or not you want to use it and how. I don't think a government regulation is necessary, but at the same time, just have moral standards, you bastards. Yeah, okay, that's nicely put, Karen. All right, Mary Bell. Yes, uh, I, I just want to reiterate that I think it's everybody's choice uh, how much they choose to share their light and their body with the world. Um, to say that uh, someone needs to cover up because, oh, someone might get a boner or somebody might be turned into a, a sexual monster, why is that our responsibility? Why should we cover ourselves up because of somebody else's reaction to that? Um, and I just want us to quote the great Joni Mitchell uh, to find our way back to the Garden. Okay, if I Thank had you. one of those little bowls with the little ying, I'd do that thing right now because yeah. that seems like it'd go there. All right, thank you, Mary Bell. Okay, gorgeous Gary, your final thought on public nudity. Sliding scale, one to ten. Ones, never can get naked again. Two to threes need a permit to be publicly naked. Twos need a permit to be privately naked. Three, public. Four and up. Four to eight uh, can get naked uh, once a week or whenever they want, really. Uh, nines, uh, y- you need a sk- you need a permit to not get permanently naked all the time. And ten, you got to be naked. Death penalty if you don't. That's the end of it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. You might have some uh, some opponents in that one, but uh, thank you for joining us on another titillating episode of the Kumquat Corner. We want to thank all of our guests and want to send a special thank you to Gorgeous Gary for joining us on the Kumquat Corner. So join us next time where we have another titillating topic for us to discuss and you to listen to and form your own opinion. So thank you for listening and join us next time on the Kumquat Corner. Come, 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 come
Thank you guys so much for listening to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. We will be back next week with more fun. Bye. The Michael Dupree Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Wow, that was great.